Hey there, Laborhood community. We're back with some electrifying news we can hardly contain. That's right. You're in for something truly special, and we can't wait to share it with all of you guys. On November 1st, our Laborhood merch shop will officially open its doors. We are bursting with excitement because we've got something extraordinary in store for you. You're going to find custom Laborhood merchandise like you've never seen before. These are more than just products. They're a part of our mission to empower and support birthing persons and their families. But here's the kicker. Our shop isn't just about fly gear. It's about helping keep the Laborhood podcast going so we can continue bringing you the content you love. So get ready to deck yourself out in Laborhood gear that shows off your dedication to empowering women and their birth experiences. We don't want you to miss a beat when the shop opens. So that's where you come in. To be the first to know when it drops, make sure you're on our email list. You can join our email list right now and be among the first to get the latest updates and exclusive access to the Laborhood merch shop. Trust us, you don't want to miss out. So stay tuned, be excited, and join our email list today. The countdown to November 1st begins, and we can't wait to share this journey with you. Thanks for being part of the Laborhood community, and now let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. We are on episode two of the Laborhood Podcast. Mm -hmm. I am one of your hosts, Bria, along with my good friend Shay over there. And you might be some you might see somebody very, very special that's visiting us today. We have a very special guest, our very first guest on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the incomparable. The Doctor Timberly Butler is with us oh today. Oh my like, gosh! Yes, like, yes, give yes, her a hand. Give her a hand. Give her a hand. Gas me up. Gas yes. me up. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Um. So it's so funny because Timberly Shay and before we even like got the podcast going, mm-hmm. um. We immediately knew we wanted to have a guest, and we looked at each other, and we were like, well, we got to have Timberly on the show. We got to have her on the show. Thank you. We have known you, let's see, since, when did we start? 2019. 2019. 2019. So a long time. In the trenches. In the trenches. If y'all knew the stuff that we've been through on this couch, like what we've been through together, y'all would be like, girl, why are y'all still doing that? So for those that don't know you, mm-hmm. um, tell the people who you are, okay. where you're from, where you studied, all those good things. Perfect. So I am Timberly Butler. I am a board certified OBGYN yes. here in the metro Atlanta area. Oh, that's right. We didn't tell the people where we was at. We're on location. We're on location. Hi, hi. We are on location. <laughs> we're moving on up, okay? We're we not, we not, we not just in one place anymore. Yep. We came mm-hmm. down here to do our thing, to find our girl so she can I talk know. to you guys about so something. Sweet. So we are in. The Atlanta. Welcome to Atlanta, Jill. All right. Atlanta. So accommodating. Okay. You know? Atlanta. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I love that little thing. Okay. So, yes. Um, tell people where you, um, what you practice and all those yes. good things. So, I am an OBGYN. So, that means that I do obstetrics, delivering babies, as you both know. And then I also am a gynecologist. So, I see patients for well woman visits, problem visits, um, menopausal patients, hormone replacement. We'll get into all of that, of oh. course. Um, but in terms of how I got here, here, I went to the best okay, HBCU wait, wait. in North Carolina. We're going to let her have it because okay. she a guest. Okay. <laughs> um, I went to North Carolina Central University All for right. undergrad. Right. And so I um, majored in biology, minor in chemistry. And then I actually spent 10 years in Winston-Salem. Yes, yes. Which is in where we met in the yes. tray. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I did a year for my post-bac program there. And then I did four years of medical school, followed by four years of OBGYN residency. Mm-hmm. And then I met the both of you during yeah. my chief year, yes. which is chief year is your last year of OBGYN residency. And so um, after that, I moved to Atlanta in summer 2020. And I've been practicing in private practice since then. Nice, 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 nice. Kudos to you. I know. Uh, We're so proud of you. I'm so proud. It's a long road. We've come full circle at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah full circle. Full circle. Um, so, of course, you're OBGYN. But what made mm-hmm. you choose? Because 
as yeah. a physician, you could have chose a whole lot of things. Yeah. Well, no, and, oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what honed you in on, on OB? Yeah, so I would say one, as you guys both know, I'm a very chatty person. And so I definitely wanted to be in a specialty that was going to allow me to have a relationship with my patients. I didn't necessarily just want to kind of be in and out like, you know, like an ER or urgent care doctor right, or your right. anesthesiologist. You know, I wanted to you know, build a relationship over time. And so OB allows me to, you know, see patients as teenagers, follow them mm. through their 20s, they get married, they're ready to have babies, yeah. all of that. So I think that was one of the more appealing things about mm. the specialty. Um, and then also, you know, I was really interested in reproductive health and all the science classes. I was really good at that. Um, and so I think the specialty really just allowed me to, you know, marry the two things that mm. I, I liked the most. Um, also, I knew I wanted to do something with my hands, I wanted to do something procedural and so um, OBGYN just gave me the ability to also do surgery in addition to building those relationships mm -hmm. and so yeah it just kind of gave me everything I was looking for in a career Same so and one thing mm -hmm. love that um and you know you've been practicing for for some time now mm -hmm. and you've kind of you practice in you know in the triad area in North yep. Carolina and also here in much bigger city mm -hmm. um has OB as a whole has it been what you thought it would it be gonna, going yeah. into it Yes and no. Mm -hmm. um, yes in that like the day-to-day -day mix of like I go over here and I see a pregnant patient. I go over here, I do an annual. I go over here and I see a problem visit. That was kind of similar to what we did in residency. Mm -hmm. um, the patient population for the most part is also the same. You know, I take care of, you know, Spanish-speaking patients, patients who are uninsured, patients who have private insurance. Mm -hmm. So I still like the, the mix in terms of patient demographics. Mm -hmm. I would say the difference and you know, we could get a little bit more into this mm -hmm. as well. Um, I don't think that residency necessarily prepared me for the post-COVID social media aspect of mm. medicine. Can, can we and please? Lord, oh my Lord, God. Lord, you know, it Lord. was that, and you know, and I even, I talked to my, I talked to my partners who were, you know, just ahead of me. I talked to my partners who are older than me. And I think that that's a very new challenge that we have mm -hmm. to face as yes, providers, yes. Um, which I don't think I was prepared for. I mean, TikTok was barely a thing. You remember that right, TikTok? Yeah. Right. So we didn't. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was early days of TikTok, right? Yes, so there just yes. wasn't really, I think people were starting to do like the medical information, mm, meditation, what yes. do they call it? Medical edge. Um, entertainment, something like that. Yeah, there are so many more um, medical providers on social mm -hmm. media now giving medical advice. There um, are also people who are not medical. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Let's talk and about yes. no yes. medical <laughs> background whatsoever. Yes. Absolutely, or it's medical and it has nothing to do with the specialty that they're talking about. Absolutely, right. like, yes. You're right. a nutritionist. Why are you talking about pregnancy? Right. You know, like it's like absolutely. Ugh. You have to be able but, to vet yeah. your sources. Yes. Right. You have to be able to to. What do they say? Rightly divide. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> you got to be able to, to really, you know, make the best decision in terms of can I trust where this information is coming mm, from? So right. I think what I wasn't prepared for in the job was spending so much of my time battling just medical misinformation. Mm -hmm. I think that is a very kind of new and relevant, mm -hmm. um, you know, challenge that we that we're facing right now. Yes. And I think me and Shay and I were talking about this mm -hmm. kind of on the way down here, um, how oftentimes what we're seeing is that um, people are preying on the fear that pregnant, yes. particularly yes. the pregnant population has. Absolutely. And even monetizing, monetizing off of that monetizing fear yeah. um, for the likes and the clout, you know, and all mm -hmm. that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, throwing a lot of terms together and it's like, that's that is not, not what, what that is. is. Yeah, that's I not totally what it is. It sounds good for non-medical people, but for those that know and they're mm -hmm. in a specialty, it's mm -hmm. like, this is really bad and dangerous information yeah, that you're spewing sure. out yes. here. Absolutely. For millions and millions of people to see. Like, yeah. I say it all the time. I'm like, Dr. Google is really going to put me out of business. <laughs> Absolutely. And TikTok. <laughs> and, I, and TikTok. Yeah, I and say TikTok. that all the time. And, you know... Again, I keep saying we'll get into that a little bit later, yeah. but you know, specifically, you know, preying on vulnerable populations, right? Mm -hmm. Like black maternal morbidity and mortality. Yes. Um, and when I say morbidity, what I mean is like, you know, complications or sickness, mm -hmm. mortality, obviously, people passing away because yes. of, of pregnancy related complications. I think that, you know, these, there are people out there who are really, um, you know, like you said, monetizing off of that and really trying to, you know, cater to that population and cater to that fear. And mm -hmm. so it makes an already, 
you know, scary time right. even worse. Right. Um, right. So yeah, I definitely think, you know, the, the social media landscape is, is a challenge that is not going anywhere anytime yes. soon. So yeah. Yes. Um, oh, I love all of that. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, as everybody's sliding down on the scale. I know. Yeah, we're we're shuffling. We're shuffling. <laughs> um, so, of course, once we start talking about, you know, OB and we mm-hmm. start about having babies. Yeah. Um, there is a, you know, this particular t- topic is touchy. And mm-hmm. I say touchy because um, I think it's it's almost like I've talked to patients and it's like their biggest fear. Mm-hmm. It's their biggest fear. Mm-hmm. You know, that C- fear. once we start talking about that C word, or they will come in and say, I just don't want to have oh, a C-section. Yeah, that is their birth plan. That's that's what what I, don't have a, I don't want to have a C-section. Quickest so, way to one, though. Yeah. And I'm that's what we you. talked about on, like, season one, like, birth preferences, yes. birth desires. Because as soon as you say plan. Absolutely. Yeah, as soon as you say plan or, mm-hmm. you know, that whole I I don't I mean, we can do and I just don't want that right. and it's like oh babe well, we, uh, we we gotta talk we'll about yeah it. it's so complicated it's it is layered. it's so complicated so um we're gonna get into talking about talking about that c word mm-hmm. um talking about cesarean section hey there neighborhood listeners we've got some exciting news for all the parents and parents to be out there that's right we're thrilled to introduce to you hello bello. It's more than just a brand. It's a game changer for all things baby and parenting. So what's the big deal about Hello Bello? Well, first of all, it's co-founded by none other than the talented Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard. But more importantly, they believe there's no such thing as other people's children. And we love that philosophy. They're on a mission to make premium parenting accessible to everyone and they're doing it with the range of fantastic products that we can't help but adore. From baby care to personal care and even household items, Hello Bello has it all. And the best part, they keep their prices affordable while maintaining top-notch quality. Now here's where the magic happens for all of you, our amazing listeners. You can get an exclusive 20% off your first Hello Bello order when you use our unique code THEL at checkout. It's a win-win. You get to enjoy Hello Bello's premium products at an even better price. And by using our code, you're supporting the neighborhood. Just head over to HelloBello.com and start shopping and saving. Thank you for being part of our neighborhood community and thank you for considering Hello Bello for your parenting needs. Let's make some magic happen together and bring premium parenthood to all. Hey, neighborhood gang, I'm so grateful to have all of you tune in and make this podcast so special. That's right. I truly appreciate your support and I wanted to let you know how you can take that support to the next level. You can now become a supporter of the Laborhood by pledging a monthly reoccurring amount. You can continue to help us on our mission to advocate and support birthing persons and their families. It's super easy to do. Just visit our website at www.thelaborhoodpod.com or check the description of this episode for the link. Your contributions help to cover the cost of producing the podcast, reaching more people, and making a positive impact in maternal health care. So if you are in a position to become a supporter, because we all know how our coin is, we are so incredibly grateful. Every little bit goes a long way. And remember, you're not just supporting the podcast. You're helping us create a safer and better birth experience for all. Thank you so much for even considering it. And thank you for being a part of the Laborhood Gang. Some of them are necessary and um, some of them are choice. And mm-hmm. some of them are choice. Mm-hmm. Bria, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> okay, listen. Ooh, I mean, maybe yeah, you should some... start calling Timberly. Right? <laughs> I'm going to switch my practice. <laughs> I'm about to come down here. Please do. Uh, We'd love to have you. Yes. So we're going to talk about C-sections. And so Mm -hmm. um, I guess I'll let you, I'll get you, because Shay and I, we can assist. We can talk about sections. I can't do the cutting or the calling. I can't do the cutting or the calling. Mm -hmm. So so I think you are the perfect person to kind of, let's walk us through a C-section, kind of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll start to get into the 
the, the nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I would say first and foremost, you know, the C-section is the most common surgery that's done in the mm -hmm. United States. It's the most common surgery that I do at big, you know, medical centers. I mean, it was nothing for us to do five, six, seven, Listen. right? Yes. In, yeah. in yeah. one day. Yeah. And so, um, it is a very, very common surgery. And I try to like tell patients that because I think, you know, knowing that, hey, this is what, this is all I've been doing today. Yes. Kind of, you know, um, just reaffirms their confidence in me mm -hmm. as a surgeon. So I always start there like this is very common. And then also to destigmatize it. Like this is very common. It's the most common surgery done in the mm -hmm. United States. Like, you know, you are, this is not a rarity. Yes. Um, in terms of the actual surgery itself though, um, you know, you want to start with like consent and we, we prepping and draping or you want me to go? <laughs> From the skin. We can go to skin. We can start at skin. We can okay, start let's skin. start at skin. Yeah, okay. Start at skin. Very so, briefly, like uh -huh. you, you said that it was common, which it is. It is a very common surgery, mm -hmm. but we're not just throwing them out willy nilly. Absolutely not, because yeah. it's. As again, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Yeah. A lot of people just like to be like, oh, well, I'll just have another C-section or whatever. But it is not a decision to be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. It is not without its own complications. Yes. And I can talk a little bit more about like, you know, my consent process whenever I, I talk to patients. But yeah, it's definitely not something that's that's done willy-nilly because right. anytime you undergo any surgical procedure, there is always the risk for um, complications. And so, right. you know, just making sure that people are yeah. aware of that. And you know, I take that back mm -hmm. because I know how section I know how C-sections work. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I will say, okay, we can we can literally start from the time they roll through the door. Like, okay. patient in. Like, I'm right around <laughs> right. now. So we can start there and we'll, yeah, we'll walk them through it. For yes. sure. So um, for most patients, whenever they come into the operating room or operating suite, whatever you want to call yes. it, um, <laughs> you know, fancy, um, the first thing, of course, is, you know, Another thing that I think it's important for people to know is that there are multiple checks from a patient safety standpoint, yes. right? So yes. as soon as you're coming into the operating room, we are verifying that you are who you say you are, that we have all you know the right people in the room, mm -hmm. that we have right procedure, right site, all of that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the first thing that happens whenever a patient comes into the operating room. Um, most of our patients... Um, also, we're kind of talked through the spinal process before the mm -hmm. anesthesiologist comes in the room. And so... Um, not to get too far into the weeds, but a spinal, a lot of people are more familiar with epidural. Mm -hmm. A spinal is a type of regional anesthesia, um, but instead of you having a catheter in your back giving you medication mm -hmm. all the time, it's just a straight shot of long-acting medication just to keep you numb, pain-free through the surgery. Mm -hmm. um, so the anesthesiologist is going to do that after the spinal we do our preparations in terms of prepping the patient, mm -hmm. getting a catheter in the bladder to drain the bladder, getting everybody positioned in the right mm -hmm. spot. And then we're also checking again on the baby just to make sure that the baby's heart rate is mm -hmm. normal before we proceed with the surgery so that like in terms of speed of how fast I need to get this yes. baby out, you know, am I good to kind of take things at a regular pace mm -hmm. or am I concerned that the heart rate's down and I need to move faster? Yeah. Um, after all that's done, we do another check again for patient safety with everybody in the room, somebody there from um, usually respiratory therapy, mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. the NICU just to assess the baby's breathing. Um, there's baby nurses and everything. So, you know, again, I tell patients, there's going to be a lot of people in here. It's going to be like a NASCAR pit crew. Yeah. People just going <laughs> to yep. be working <laughs> and moving <laughs> around. Yes. Yeah. So don't let that scare you. But there's there are a lot of people involved in yes. making the surgery go smoothly. Mm -hmm. So um, after all of that, in terms of my part as a surgeon, you know, we make a very small incision near the bikini line and we're going through the skin layer. We go through the subcutaneous layer. We go to the fascia, which is like the supportive layer that kind of holds all of your organs in place. Mm -hmm. um, after that, we get to the muscle layer. We kind of separate those in the middle and then we go into the abdominal cavity. So that's where the uterus is, where your bowels are or your intestines. So that's kind of where the surgery is going to take place. We have to get through all of those layers one by one. Once we get inside of the abdomen, we kind of assess for what position the uterus is in, making sure there's not any scar tissue that we need to get through first. And then we make our uterine inc incision. Um, and then after that, baby's delivered. We cut and clamp the cord after we do some delayed cord clamping. Mm -hmm. You know, we like to yes, you know do yes. that when we can, as long as, as long as the baby's vigorous. Yes. Um, and then after that, the baby goes over to the warmer um, just to kind of get their um, initial checks done as well. And so after the baby comes out, we remove the placenta. That's when all the, you know, oxytocin is coming through the IV. We're already starting to do everything we can to help that uterus contract down, mm -hmm. minimize the bleeding that's associated with the surgery, because that's really the, the most critical 
medical time. Mm -hmm. um, so the rest of the surgery really is just kind of coming back out the way that we came. So we're, you know, closing the uterus with stitches that dissolve. We're closing the fascia. We're closing the subcutaneous layer, mm -hmm. layer and then also closing the skin. So I would say start to finish a Routine C-section is usually anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour, mm -hmm. sometimes more than that, depending on, you know, patient characteristics. Yeah. If, you, if this is not your first, um, you know, rodeo, mm -hmm. then there's some scar tissue that mm -hmm. can make it a little bit harder for me. And in order to keep you safe, I have to go slower yeah. in order to do that. And so, you know, we've all heard the patient, let's take it so long from yeah. the other side <laughs> yeah. of the curtain. And I'm just is like, everything okay? is everything okay? Is everything okay? Is the baby here? Right. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and the thing about a C-section is it's one of the few surgeries where the patient's awake for it's that. Awake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Completely so the, awake. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's also something, you know, that I'm trying to communicate with the patient in mm -hmm. real time. Like, not just when the baby's coming out, but like, yep, everything's looking good. We're getting ready to close up. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, in a lot of things in obstetrics, that is completely out of your control. Yes, and that can be right, very anxiety right, right, inducing right, right. to them. So I think and you can't see. Like, yeah, yeah there's, there's a drape from here. Right, exactly. I can look this way and this way, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, of course, try to show the baby, you know, when we can over the drape and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of it is just a very eerie sensation because it's out of your control. Yeah. And, you know, so anyway, but yeah, that's the process of the C section. Love that, love that. Love At that. no point mm -hmm. during that did you ever say that organs were being put on the table? I was literally oh about to God. say that. Oh, I was no. literally about to say that. Uh, yes. No, that, no. <laughs> not at we all. We are not pulling all your no, stuff out and putting it on the table. No, no. not at no. all. Because, I mean, I'm not a bowel surgeon, so right. there's no reason for me to be pulling <laughs> stuff out. Matter of fact, out. I want all that to stay in. Yes. Yes. I, 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 I want it to stay in as <laughs> we well. We want that to stay in. Yes. We want it to stay in. That is very much a myth, yes. for sure. Okay. Yes. Um, so I know some... Some patients with um, C-sections are about what's looking, uh, what's like a length of stay, like as far as the mm -hmm. staying in the hospital. Yeah, so I would say on average, most patients, mm, most patients stay anywhere between two to three days mm -hmm. after their C-sections. I find that like, you know, as long as you're meeting your post-op milestones, and so what that means when I'm thinking about your post-op milestones, is your pain well controlled? Mm -hmm. Are you eating and drinking without having nausea or vomiting? Has your stomach woken up from surgery, right? Are you passing yeah. gas, having bowel movements? Mm -hmm. Are you able to walk around? Yeah. Is your bleeding controlled? So we're looking at all of those things to determine whether or not you're ready to go home. Mm -hmm. So I always say, you know, to my patients, I wanna make sure you're doing everything you need to do to go home mm -hmm. so that we're not worried about a readmission yeah. and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Stuff. So yes. I want to say most insurance companies that will pay for up to four days. Okay. Sometimes folks okay. do need to stay that long, but mm -hmm. I would say more on average of two to three days. Two to three days. Mm -hmm. um, and what? I know. Oh, I was gonna say like, what does the pain management mm -hmm. look like for after a C-section? Yeah, I think it's different for everybody, but our general protocol, of course, is to try to minimize the use of narcotic medication mm -hmm. as most as much as possible. Um, to start out with, when they do the spinal, that long-acting shot of numbing medicine, a lot of that, um, a lot of hospitals have adopted um, using something that prolongs the length of that medicine, mm -hmm. so that you still have like sensation and motion return, but you still have good pain control. Mm -hmm. So I would say probably that's the first place that we start. Um, I usually try to schedule patients on the things that are um, not narcotic. So let's get you on some scheduled Tylenol. Let's mm -hmm. get you on some scheduled Motrin. Um, we do Toradol often, which is like mm -hmm. an IV form of um, ibuprofen. I know. Uh, I love, love I am Toradol. Love right before Toradol. you repack you. Mm -hmm. Give me a little I am, baby. You're on your way. Absolutely. You are good to go. <laughs> um, but I do tell patients, like, do not feel bad if you still do need, need something, something outside right, of right, that. Right. Because ultimately, like, don't be a martyr. We know that, you know, small doses of narcotic medication are safe in breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if that's a, a concern and you just monitor the baby for any sort of, you know, somnolence or mm -hmm. sedation or anything like that. But also I tell my patients, and if I start you at the lowest dose, and it's not enough. Don't be afraid to tell me that it's not enough, right? right? Because, right. you know, we've all seen the studies about how, oh, black women have different pain tolerances right. Right. and yes. all that sort right. of stuff. And so I do think that there is a fear of some of our patients who come in, they're like, well, I don't I don't want to be a bother. I don't want to ask for mm -hmm. too much. Or they're afraid that nobody's going to listen to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I tell my patients, I'm like, hey, if, if this five milligrams ain't enough, let me know. We yeah. go to 7.5, right, we can go right, to 10. Right, you, know, um, right. it, you might not be able to get it as frequently, but right. we can absolutely, you know, shuffle things around. Even it's just to like get through that like breakthrough and kind right. of get ahead, get ahead of that pain. Absolutely, yes, yes. you know, because again, the worst thing is when you fall behind on that pain regimen and mm -hmm. you're just having to play catch up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, I tell patients all the time, I mean, again, don't be a hero. If you need the strong stuff, that's okay. Percocet, you want one? It's mm -hmm. okay to do that. I mean, you just had a major abdominal surgery, right? right, right? right. Um, you know, so I think that's probably the standard yeah. for a pain regimen. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, did you have something you want to say with that? Mm, not at the moment. Okay. If, okay. It, if it jumps back. Okay, I'll, okay. We can circle back. We can yeah. Back. Um, we'll put a pin in that. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, the way you mentioned, um, as far as like black women mm -hmm. not asking for more pain medicine and you know, how I mentioned earlier about how, you know, that's the one thing a lot of people, I don't want that. Yes. I think it's, I think some of it may have to do with, um, you know, if you don't have a vaginal delivery, you feel like a failure. Oh my God. Oh like you're not yes. as strong as the next woman or my mom, you know, all my cousins had mm -hmm. vaginal deliveries. Why, you know, why am I having to have a section? Yes. And so yes. I think, that is a part of the reason why, you know, mm -hmm. uh, not just black women, but a lot yeah, of women, women yeah. are I like, mean, you like, know. Mm -hmm. You know my motto, all birth is natural. And until somebody, either one has the balls to tell somebody that they have not had a natural, natural. delivery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. Or like, because I'm not going to look you dead in your face and be like, oh, well, yours was unnatural. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Yeah. So if somebody yeah. grows the balls to yeah. do that. Yeah. 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 Or if somebody yeah. can define what an unnatural right. birth right. is. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. But until then, all birth is natural. Yeah, yes. Totally. Yes. And I yes. think there's, you know, another aspect is that sometimes it's cultural too. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I my heart goes out to the patients that really fight to, you know, try to delay that epidural as mm -hmm. long as possible. And I'm like, babe, like it's okay. Yes. It, it's okay. Yes. Just because, you know, I think that there is, you know, well, my mom did it this way, my aunt did this mm -hmm. way, my sister did it this way. And so, you know, your your birth is your birth. Like, right, you know, like right, there's, yeah, there's right. no comparing. There's so many factors that, that go into it. And so, um, yeah, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. Yes, man. Yes, yes, yes. In all aspects of life. In all, all aspects, aspects of life. life. I'm going to talk to a lady about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we kind of walked through, um, like, that's kind of what our, our scheduled C-section mm -hmm. Um, kind of sounds like, you know, we get to walk in, you know, we do all our, our draping and things like that. Mm -hmm. but there are certain instances when we got to move a little bit faster yeah. um, for this, for the safety of either mom or a baby. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have our scheduled C-section, but we also have like our urgent and our, our stats, mm -hmm. what we call, you know, like our, our emergent, our emergency C-section, right. um, which are very different. So I want, you know, I want everybody to understand, you know, urgent C-sections typically, you know, like I said, something is, um, you know, going on with mom or baby. We mm -hmm. might not need to move, like, super fast, but right. kind of like, oh, we probably shouldn't delay like, anymore. Like, we should yeah. probably have a baby within the next hour. Yeah, yeah we should yeah, have exactly. a baby within the next hour. Mm -hmm. um, so can we kind of um, touch on why we might be looking at, like, an urgent, mm -hmm. like, like a, probably something, like, from the floor, like, you know, yeah, something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, most of the time, the one that comes to mind for me is, you know, non-reassuring fetal heart rate tracing. So, yes. um, you know, during the labor process, you know, we are multiple people mm -hmm. at multiple parts of the floor yes. are watching that baby's heart rate like a hawk. Mm -hmm. And if there's any concern that the baby is not tolerating the labor process well, and the mom is not close to delivery either mm -hmm. because she's not dilated all the way, or she's already been pushing for, you know, depending on if you've had a baby before, you know, two to four hours, mm -hmm. I guess, depending on um, if, you, if you're a first-time mom or you've had babies before, that would be one reason why we would say, okay, you know, baby's not tolerating this labor process, you know, we're not anywhere near delivery, mm -hmm. so we need to expedite this yes. process. So that was probably the first thing that comes to mind, um, you know, or, you know, there's a concern about bleeding from mom, mm -hmm. if there's concern about, you know, oh, I guess abruption is more so mm -hmm. emergency. But yes. yeah, that, that would say, I can go in a stat though, if you want me to go. go yes, we, yes. yes, definitely. Um, definitely. So the yes. stat, like the, you know, the crash, you know, emergency mm -hmm. C-sections that people think of when they like watch movies, right? Yes. Like people are literally running down the yes. hallway. Yes. Thankfully, it doesn't happen that much. Yeah. I felt like in residency though, it was happening all it, the time. It felt like we have a, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, however, we were a very very high acuity Absolutely. hospital. That's, yes. that's a very important important part to yes. um to we'll mention. We took care of a lot of sick. We took care we of, took a, lot yeah. of people. a lot of sick people. So, and hospital. we were the largest academic medical center for what Western North Carolina, mm -hmm. Eastern Tennessee, Southern Virginia. Yes. I mean, we took oh, people care. People were. I was. They was. They yeah. were sending. Yeah, yeah. they were sending patients to us. So if you were at your local neighborhood hospital and they you know didn't have mm -hmm. the ability to take care of you and your baby, like you were coming to yes. us. And so yes. yes, we took care of of some really sick moms and babies when we were um, 
all together yes. once in a time. <laughs> um, but in terms of an emergency C-section, that's when like, oh, the baby's heart rate goes down and it's not coming back up mm -hmm. despite our interventions of, you know, trying to get more oxygen, you know, through mom to the baby. We're mm -hmm. turning you in different positions to try to increase that blood flow. You know, if there is no sign that the baby is going to recover from that, we're, we're going yes. back to the back. Yes. You know, placental abruption is where basically the placenta is detaching from the uterine wall and there is concern that there's a lot of blood loss. So that's dangerous for mom, mm -hmm. but also the placenta is the baby's lifeline. So mm -hmm. if there's not good blood flow coming through there, you know, the baby is basically starved of that blood mm -hmm. flow. So we're trying to, you know, work quickly to get the baby out. Um, you know, more, I guess, more rare circumstances, thankfully rare, you know, preeclampsia, somebody's, you know, yes. um, having a seizure or something like that. We're yes. going to try to you know, get mom stabilized, but then we're going to try to deliver the baby mm -hmm. as soon as possible after that. So thankfully, I would say, you know, um, true emergency C-sections are few and far between, but when they that? happen, yeah, <laughs> they are, they are few and far between, but when they happen, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't really have a whole lot of time to be explaining to me, mom, yes, right. like yes. what's going on, yes. like because you know my goal is for y'all to have a healthy yes, baby, baby to hold yes. at the end of this, and so you know there's not going to be the the spinal. Like sometimes we're going mm -hmm. to sleep, yes. so, so that yes. is one of the rare instances where um, you know moms may be put under general anesthesia. That's kind of the traditional being put to sleep. We don't really like to do uh, yes. surgeries yeah, no, like yeah, that, no. um, but yeah, if, if it's an <laughs> yeah. emergency, yeah, we don't we don't mm -hmm. like yeah. general anesthesia if we can help it because anything that goes to mom goes to the baby as was, well yes. yeah that's what i was gonna get mm -hmm. at so if the mama is knocked out cold mm -hmm. if we don't hurry up and get that baby out funny story i remember this so vividly when we were working together mm -hmm. um it was when we used to do huddle at the desk oh wow <laughs> so there throwback. was this like 20 something weaker that was that needed that was gonna end up going for a section or the mom wanted a section or something like that mm -hmm. but i think we were gonna take it for a section but the mom wanted to go to sleep yes yeah and the anesthesiologist was like well you know she wants to go to sleep y'all Timberly wheels whirls around her to her chair she says no, uh -uh. no. and I no. think the mom was right right like she was a bit like a larger woman mm -hmm. and so it was already going to be difficult yeah. to get a 20 something weaker like you know yeah, out. and then you know with the mom going to sleep I said oh mm -hmm. Timberly, Timberly mm -hmm. said she said no, no. no. and she was looking Absolutely. around everybody else like aren't y'all gonna say something right, back me no. up on this yeah, yeah. because then you, you bring up a really good point because like it's a it's a race against the clock at that point yes. Yes. literally yes. like yes. first of all you know we're talking about all the prepping and draping and stuff all that stuff is done before the mom goes to sleep mm -hmm. so we are literally knife in hand waiting for the anesthesiologist to tell me that the mom go. is asleep mm -hmm. before I can go and even then like I'm getting the baby out in less than a minute mm -hmm. right I mean there's not a whole lot of time for me to dilly-dally yeah. you know and so um with general anesthesia I mean the harder it is for me to get through those layers to the baby that's more time that the baby mm -hmm. is getting exposed to that anesthesia. The baby could be like super sleepy, mm -hmm. hard to wake up, may not even really, you know, be trying to take yeah. big, big vigorous breath. breath. Like yeah. To, yeah. yeah, so that would lead to more intervention that's needed on the baby's part. So yeah, general anesthesia, it sounds good to be able to like, Go to sleep go and wake up and have a baby. Wake up, the baby's gonna be out. Yeah, it sounds good, yeah. but that's actually not what you yeah, want. Yeah, it's not. We yeah. don't. I like. Um, very often, docs will try to do whatever they can mm -hmm. to not make that yeah. mama have to go to sleep. Yeah, I mean, even you know, um, I've even been in situations where it's been a stat, mm -hmm. and we get back to the operating room, and heart tones are back up, yeah. and I'm like, how fast can you get me a yeah. spinal? Yeah, or can you know? she, she can do it on her side. Right, like <laughs> something. Just yeah. don't. No, don't put her to sleep. Yeah, yeah, don't put her to sleep. Hey everybody, this is Shay, one of your co-hosts for the Laborhood Podcast, and I'm thrilled to share some exciting news with our incredible listeners today. The Laborhood is now an Amazon influencer, and I couldn't be more excited to introduce you to our very own Amazon storefront. You might be wondering, what is an Amazon influencer and how it impacts or benefits you? But... I'm here to provide you with hand-picked recommendations for products we truly believe in and use in my everyday role as a baby catcher. Our storefront is a carefully curated collection of items that I found to be incredibly valuable for both the birthing person and their precious babe. From essentials for new moms to must-haves for those special moments during childbirth, We've got you covered. And here's the best part. When you shop our storefront, you're not only getting access to tried and true products, but you're also supporting the Laborhood Podcast. Your purchases through our storefront help us continue our mission of advocating for maternal health and empowering birthing persons. 
Plus, I want to be fully transparent with our amazing community. So when you make a purchase through our Amazon storefront, we may earn a small commission from Amazon as a part of being an Amazon influencer in their program. So not only do you get fantastic products that I personally recommend, but you also contribute to our efforts to make a positive impact in the world of maternal health. To start shopping and explore our hand-picked selection, simply visit www.amazon.com backslash shop backslash laborhood podcast. Or you can click the link in the episode description or link in our bio. Don't miss out on these incredible finds that can enhance your birthing experience and support new parents on their journey. Thank you for being a part of the Laborhood Gang and for helping us make a meaningful difference in maternal health care. Hey there, wonderful listeners. It's Shay, one of your hosts of the Laborhood Podcast, and we've got some incredible news to share with you today. The Laborhood is now proudly a Kindred Bravely ambassador. But what's Kindred Bravely, you ask? Let me tell you about it's this amazing company and how it's supporting mothers like you. Kindred Bravely is a brand built on love, love that is poured into every single piece of clothing they create. Their meticulously designed clothes are here to make your journey through motherhood a little easier, from the bump to breastfeeding and beyond. Because let's face it, mama, you deserve to look and feel great all the time. Kindred Bravely understands that, and they are here for you every step of the way. Now, here's the exciting part. We have a very special offer just for you, our incredible Laborhood gang. When you shop with Kindred Bravely using our unique referral link, you get an amazing 15% off of your purchase. Yes, you heard it right, 15% off. So how do you claim this fantastic discount? It's simple. Just use the code LABORHOODP15, that's LABORHOODP15, and shop your till your heart's content at checkout be sure to use our unique code laborhood p15 to unlock those savings but wait there's more if you are tuning in during october 2023 you're in for an even bigger treat because kindred bravely's fall collection campaign is happening until october 20th 2023 this collection is a must-see with limited quantities and limited edition colors. It's perfect for moms who love to mix and match, stretch up and down, and keep their closets filled with versatile and comfortable pieces. So don't miss out. Thank you for being a part of the Laborhood community and happy shopping with Kindred Bravely. Let's get back to the show. So of course, you know, emergent C-sections can be scary. Can be scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but even those ones that aren't emergent, um, they can be really scary. Like like I said, patients will come in and that's one of the first things. Mm-hmm. Like, Or even if you just start to mention like, mm-hmm. you know, baby's looking a little, you know, nah, or, you know, you, you haven't changed your service in a while. Right. They will literally just tears like immediately. Immediate. And you yeah. can see the fear and not just them, but the people so in the room. The, yeah, like yeah. the father, the baby gets nervous. The mother, the, now the mom is, you know, everybody in the room is kind of now on, on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you feel why do you feel like that fear is just so like overwhelming yeah. overwhelming yeah um i think to go back to a point that that shay made was you know i think that there's a lot of stigma on like what is a natural birth mm-hmm. and so you know for whatever reason there's a badge of honor that people wear when they are able to have a vaginal delivery mm-hmm. um the other thing i think too is just that um i think a lot of moms they haven't had an opportunity to mourn the loss of their imagined birth, mm. if that makes sense. Oh, yes. So, yeah. you know, you've spent your whole pregnancy imagining, and Lauren Hill is going to be playing in the background. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to have, I'm talking about my own imagined yeah. birth. And there's going to be lavender aromatherapy yeah. in the background, and I'm going to have, like, the electric candles. And, yeah, yeah. You know, my partner is going to be rubbing my hair. Yeah. There's going to be a birth photographer in the corner. Yeah. So there's, you know, you spend all that time kind of planning, Mm. like, this is what, you know, my birth Birth experience is going to be. And then, you know, for whatever reason, things don't go as planned. And all that is wiped away out of the window. And so, you know, when I'm talking to a mom about a C-section, I tell them, like, look, I know this is not what you planned. But you know what? 
we can play, nothing even matters back in the yeah, OR. I was you know, turning on. I that. I was I was turn I've operated in the, in the dark with just my surgery. Yes. So if you if you want it to be, you know, nice and mellow, if yes. you want to play your music, like I will absolutely do everything I can to yes. accommodate you. Which goes back to birth, what we talked about. If patients like birth plans or things like birth preferences aren't just for vaginal delivery. Yeah. Right. Like right. if you are having yes. a scheduled section, talk to your OB about, yes. you know, girl. Can we have a little, you know, Renaissance playing in the background? Yeah, and I am a music. I cannot operate without music. Yes. Like I just need something like in the background, mm-hmm. and so and I'm quick every time when I come in when they're sitting for their spot. I'm like, what you want to listen to today? Yeah, you want some '90s pop? Yeah, you want, what do you want? Yes. You want some Gap Band radio? Yeah, I can tell you, uh, you talk Eric Usher because I have not had a silent oh section with that man, yes. and yes. it can be something. It might be if you let Eric pick, it's gonna it, be. It might be ratchet. Right, yeah. I know. it might be. It it it's gonna be. Yeah, we want the clean version. Make sure you put that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm. That's so good that you said that to to mourn the loss of what they thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. like you said, they've spent sometimes forty weeks mm-hmm. planning, and they've heard stories about you know their right, cousins right. had a beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, this happened with their cousin, and My you know, sister it was great. Did this. Right. Yes, yes, and that's so that's such good wording to mourn the loss. That's such good. I really mm-hmm. like that. Thanks. Um. We talk about how they've been scary. Um, and I think, well, that's kind of going back to why they get such a bad rap, too. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's a bad rap because it's looked at, like you said, patient, I think some, it's like this badge of honor when you can say you've had a vaginal mm-hmm. because it's the natural one. Mm-hmm. And even I think the same kind of badge of honor goes with um, having an unmedicated birth, too. Yeah, like, correct, you know, correct, I, yeah. well, I didn't get it up. You know, I had all my babies with no yeah. medicine. And unfortunately, sometimes that can deter patients. Um, mm-hmm. From getting what they want in a birth experience mm-hmm. because the mom mean? is standing yeah. on the side like, well, I had yeah. all of y'all right. yeah. outside under the tree or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. okay, yeah. girl, like you right. went 50 that miles from a hospital too. Yeah, like, that was yeah. your experience. Yes. And you deserve to have your own individual experience. Yes. And the other thing too with you know the whole debate about the badge of honor, I mean, a C-section, that needs a badge of honor. That recovery yes. is yes. so much different. Yes. I mean, it is... I, I think it should be the, I mean, there shouldn't be a badge of honor. Let, let me not say that. Yes. What I'm saying is, <laughs> yes. though, I think that there should be more respect given to the yes. women who yes. do have to have a C-section because that recovery is is not the same yes. um, as a vaginal delivery. And what I mean when I say that is, you know, it's a lot more pain. There's a lot more bleeding associated with a C-section. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not be up and walking around mm-hmm. and, you know, in ready to go hours. in four yeah. hours, right? right? right. You know, yes. it may t- might take you longer to get up and to be mm-hmm. moving around. And so, um, yeah, I just wish that more people knew how hard it, it, yes. it is sometimes. Yes. For and a lot of times, I think it's said in a sense that the mom chose to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just about it was to say a choice. that, like... So many women think that their bodies have failed have them mm-hmm. and they're yes. no longer mm-hmm. a woman because of they had that right. kind of yes. a birth experience. Yeah. And yeah. I actually had a patient the other day and she legit thought that she was no longer a woman mm-hmm. because she medically, she had something done that was medical. Like it didn't happen mm-hmm. how her body was designed to do so. Yeah. And she, I was like, no, you literally grew a human from scratch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me, show me a man yeah. that can do that. Yeah. And yeah. Girl, I ain't even done it. So I haven't, like, more, you're, yeah. right, you're yeah. my superhero yeah. at this point. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. I'm like, the. I tell them all the time, like, as long as you get to go home with a baby. Absolutely. Yes. I don't care how you, you won. Yeah. You've won. Yeah. Yeah. You've won. Mm-hmm. Yes. I totally agree definitely, with that. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I had something on the tip of my tongue that I was going to say. No, 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 no. It's fine. Um. Oh no, that's fine. I'm sure it'll come back when I say it'll come back when I say something else later. Um, So with that fear, um, I know as nurses, you know, once that C-section has been called, um, you know, if it's not urgent, you know, it Mm -hmm. might just be urgent where you know you guys are, you know, you're going to write your notes or you're going to know check on your other patient down the hall before we you know head back to the OR. So Mm -hmm. as a nurse, we're kind of getting mamas ready and. Um, of course, some of them are very upset and mm-hmm. we got to, it's a lot of, you know, we gotta it's a lot of pat pat and that's yeah, fine because, you know, we've, if, especially if we've had this patient all night, we know how hard right. they yeah, worked, how they worked yeah. um, to get to this point. And it's just, you know, whether it could be baby just asynclitic and it's, you know, the service just mm-hmm. didn't change or the service is swelling and now, you know, mama's been ruptured for a long time. Now you got a fever and now your right, baby's heart rate is right. up. So there's just things that were completely out, out of, of your control. control. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a, you know, as a physician, how, um, how do you kind of, if you have that time, how do you kind of talk to your patients Mm -hmm. and, 
kind of just um, ease that fear and that anxiety mm -hmm. a little bit with your patients? I mean, I think a big part of it is just validating what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, not that they need my validation, but also that, you know, I think part of motherhood is making the best decision that you can at the time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is what's happening at a C-section. Of course, we know that your desire may have been to have a vaginal delivery, but, you know, I see moms every day put the health and well-being of their babies ahead of themselves mm -hmm. and put themselves at risk to undergo a C-section for the delivery of their baby. Mm -hmm. So I think just validating, like, you know, you're a good mom. I know it may not feel like yes. it in this in instance. Yes. Right, yeah, right. I mean, it may not feel like it, but you are. Yes. And then I, I, I tell every single patient that I operate on, even if it's not an OB patient, if it's GYN, I literally, I put my hand on them, I look them in their eye, and mm -hmm. I say, I'm going to take good care of you. Yes. Because every decision that I'm making in the operating room is for their best interest. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, too, I'm going to do everything I can so that you're holding a, a healthy baby at the end of mm -hmm. this. Um, you know, because I, I think that there's some, you know, misunderstanding sometimes about, um, what's the word I want to use? Almost like the doctors may have an like an ulterior motive mm -hmm. behind, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I can only speak for me. Yeah. Can't speak for any other OBs and just the mm -hmm. way that I practice. I'm, I try to explain we've tried this, we've tried this, and we've tried this, and at this point, we're kind of out of options. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think if you can, if you have the time to sit down and kind of explain to them, walk them through your own medical decision-making, mm -hmm. I think that makes them feel more comfortable with the decision yes. versus just, you know, she's been pushing for an hour, I'm ready to go home. Yeah. Big brother yeah. comes on at eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that, yes. you know, trying to explain that to them. And also, you know, the model of OB has changed significantly mm -hmm. over the last, um, you know, I would say probably in the last decade where um, a lot of practices share OB call. Yes. And so, you know, we can kind of get into, into, you know, patient preference in terms of who's their delivering mm -hmm. physician. But, you know, there's not the same pressure that like, oh, well, you know, I need to make this money. You know, right, I, I, right. I need to make yes. this money, so I need to do five C-sections a day, right? Mm -hmm. Like that that really doesn't exist yes. anymore. Um, so, yeah, I hope I answered your question. Yes, right. <laughs> yes, 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 you totally did. You totally did. Um, and that kind of, that taps into what we're going to talk about in a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so, like you said, you kind of talked about um, the fear. And I think three black birth workers sitting here, we can't, you know, have a conversation without talking about black maternal health. So mm -hmm. according to the March of Dimes, in 2021, the C-section rate was 32.1%, um, which is about 20, average like 22.3 of 100 births mm -hmm. um, were right. C-sections. So we're talking about like 100 people, oops. Yeah. 100 people and 22 of them mm -hmm. had a C-section. Mm -hmm. um, but tapping, going a little bit deeper into that, of that total, 36% were, were black women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Were black women. Mm -hmm. Um how do you think that how do you think that got there um because i think if i if i'm if i'm correct when i look that was the highest mm -hmm. um but amongst i think it was black women um hispanic, hispanic mm -hmm. and asian, asian. pacific Islander. Mm -hmm. um so black women was the highest at 36 percent. i think the next one was like 31 31 mm -hmm. percent and it's more so in hispanic women and yes mm -hmm. um so how do you um i guess how do we kind of get there yeah um I think two things immediately come to mind um and you know again this is just it is what it is just from the numbers but um black and brown women have higher incidences of chronic medical conditions mm -hmm. things like high blood pressure and diabetes and depending on how well controlled those things are in pregnancy our recommendation for when you have your baby changes yes so if you are someone who has preeclampsia and your blood pressures are not well controlled and we've done everything we can to try to get your blood pressures down, you know, you might be having your baby anywhere between 34 and 37 weeks. Mm -hmm. And what I don't think that some people realize is that whenever you, whenever it's recommended that you have your baby early, which means you didn't come to the hospital because your water's broken or you didn't come to the hospital because you're having contractions mm -hmm. and your cervix is changing, those patients need to be induced. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by an induction is that we have to give your body medications to make it do something that it wasn't naturally prepared to do. Mm -hmm. And the body right. can be stubborn. Yeah. It, yes. it can be very hard to yes. do that. And so part of setting the expectation with inductions, I tell patients, 
you're not about to have a baby today. It might yes. be tomorrow. It might be the next day. Listen. But yeah. <laughs> again, we're having to convince your body to do something that it wasn't naturally prepared to do. And so mm-hmm. I think that, you know, and again, there are clinical trials that show that, you know, elective induction at 39 weeks doesn't increase your risk of C-section. But in my anecdotal experience, I think that if you are trying to make somebody have a baby, the earlier and earlier that has to happen, mm-hmm. I just think that one, sometimes your body just is Is not ready to do that. And then two, just to be honest, some people don't want to be laid up in a bed for three days. I mean, let's talk about it, right? I mean, I I wouldn't, right? right. So I think part of patient autonomy, which means letting patients make the best decision for themselves once they have all the, you know, adequate medical information is that sometimes I've had patients to be like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I I don't want to do this anymore. Mm, (laughs) So that's the first part. And then the second part would be that if you have had a C-section before, Mm. depending on where you are, it might not be an option for you to try for a vaginal delivery. So um, just a little bit of background. Um, It is... um, a lot riskier for you to try for a vaginal delivery after you've had a C-section because um, you have an incision on your uterus that is not made out of the same tissue that the rest of your uterus is. Mm -hmm. And so that naturally is a weaker spot. And so one of the most catastrophic things that can happen in obstetrics is a uterine rupture. We've we've all seen one. Mm -hmm. We'll never forget it. Um, And so because of that risk, not all hospitals are willing to take on that risk. Mm -hmm. And so you can't just walk into any old hospital and say, hey, I want to trial of labor after mm-hmm. my C-section. It has to be a particular hospital with 24-hour anesthesia coverage mm-hmm. um, so that if there is that catastrophic complication of a uterine rupture, we are very quickly able to get you to the operating room and do a, an emergency C-section. Also, might not be providers there that are willing to accept yep. that risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of things that have to come together to allow for a patient to try for a vaginal delivery after a C-section. And, you know, depending on where you are, that may not be an option for you. So if you've had one before, you might just automatically be set up for having a repeat C-section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know, I think you kind of, I feel like I had where I was going to head early talking about um that trust within, um, when you said about calling the C-section and Mm -hmm. assuring your patient and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think we also experienced that too because, and when you said making sure your patients know that you have done all that you can do, Mm -hmm. we definitely feel that as nurses Mm -hmm. too. Um, because even more so than me, because y'all are in there with them. Yes. Yes. I think, um, it does. I, I, what I, what I've noticed, um, is that if a C-section is called, and that mama has been, and that family has seen you in there flipping and flopping all night. Mm-hmm. We've turned pit on and off. We started it again. Mm-hmm. We've, done, we've done all the we've things. Literally done everything. Yeah, on your head. I have right. seen patients. You know, once that section is called, I've seen that anxiety. Yeah, I, and they'll look at me and be like, "We've seen y'all. Like y'all tried. Y'all really did. Y'all try. have tried all night, and it's just like." This joker just is not trying to come out. Like I don't know what's going on, but this, yeah. that that joker is not trying to come out. So, um, just I think just working and that reassurance of like we really have just mm-hmm. just done done what we can yeah. do. Um, and I've even had to turn the monitor and be like, okay, you see what we got? Yeah, this oh, here or, or look. Yeah, uh, we can't keep doing. Okay, we, yeah. can't, we, we can't keep can't doing do this. this. We, we can't, can't do that. Or sometimes this. I've had to pull the dad off of his TikTok and be because you know sometimes. Is not even the mom. Or the PS2. Please don't get me started on the PS2. Don't get me started. Don't get me started on the game. On the plate. On the plate. Okay. Please. But yeah, sometimes, or grandma or whoever, I'm like, let's come over here to this monitor, like you mentioned. Let's come over to the monitor and let's look. This is what it should look like. Mm-hmm. This is what it was looking like yes, before. Yes. And this is what it's looking like now. Yeah. And so I think sometimes having a visual representation mm-hmm. to explain to them and mom as well, but yes. kind of to, to the, the choir, to the background, mm-hmm. the people in the room that yeah. maybe are not quite understanding right, why, right. Um, I think can be helpful too. Yes, yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. You like provider to provider. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed a difference in trust based on the patient that sits before you? And say what you need to say. We're not censored. Where do we begin? (laughs) Where do we begin? And again, um, I don't know if I gave this disclaimer, but these are my own thoughts and opinions and do not reflect those of my employer. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I just, I haven't quite wrapped my mind around how to address it, but 
Yes. Um, we have actually seen, I would probably say, I mean, definitely post 2020, mm -hmm. patients who come in and they see me in the room and they're like, so you're going to be the one that delivers my baby? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get asked that a lot. Right. A are, lot. Are you, are you going to be the one that delivers right. my baby? I, I only want you. Right. I only, I only want you or, um, you know, how can I make sure that, that you're there? How, mm -hmm. how and, and, or how many how many are you? How many are you? How many are there? How many people look like you? Uh -huh. Right, that are here. Look, right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, while OBGYN has the highest percentage of black female physicians, we're still a very small amount. Mm -hmm. um, and so I try to tell my patients, like, I will do everything I can. I will absolutely be your gynecologist all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Call me. It's yeah. down there? Yeah. Call me. <laughs> I got you. I, I got you. But... I try to tell them it's so hard, y'all. It yeah, it is. It's hard yes. because I, I don't want to make any promises that I can't keep. Mm -hmm. Correct. There are some times where I'm in town, I'm not on call, but I'll come in and deliver your baby. You know, mm -hmm. I, I have done that before, yes. but I think there just has to be a bigger conversation, like, because I can't be on call every day. Yes. Right. I, I really right. can't, you know, right. like... I, it's been very important to me to cultivate a work-life balance and to try to pour into those relationships that I couldn't prioritize while mm -hmm. I was in training. And so mm -hmm. I, I, I love this job and I do really believe that like it's my life's calling mm -hmm. to do this. But you know, the the fix is not just only black physicians can deliver black patients. Right. That, yes. that, right. That's mm -hmm. that's just not the answer. Or black providers can yeah. deliver black patients. That, that's not the answer. The answer is that everybody needs to have cultural competency. Mm -hmm. Um, and cultural sensitivity yes. um, to be able to take care of, of these patients. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I try to instill the confidence in them that, like, I will see you for every OB visit that I can. If you ever have a question about something that you've talked to somebody else about, please call me, please email me through my chart, even mm -hmm. though I don't know my chart messages. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't check them all the time, but I'll respond to it yeah. when I get back to the office. Yes. But I, I do try to have that open door for them right, to know right. that if they have any questions, they can contact me. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's just physically impossible for mm -hmm. me to to be there, and so. Um, but I do. I, I am honored. Um, I mean, you, we've we've all had Same. those moments where yes. we've had black patients or something, and there's a black grandma in the room, and she comes up and she is, baby, I'm so proud of you. Uh, I'm, not, and, I'm so and, happy I'm to see you. Know, and it is, and it, and it, it, yeah. not it to, look, not to say that they weren't, right, right. not to say that they weren't, but yeah. I'm just, I'm so, so proud of you. Yeah. I'm so right. happy yes. to see you. And I've seen the anxiety leave the patient mm -hmm. yeah. when is the nurse is black, the the, the delivering provider is black, mm -hmm. the surge tank might be black, and they look around and everybody in the room looks like them. Yeah. And they're just like, it's almost like you can see them like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Right, like, I'm right, okay. right, right. Because I'm safe. They yeah. feel like they're going to be listened to. They feel like they're mm -hmm. going to be heard. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it is very much an honor. But also, you know, there's a part of me that is just, you know, I'm I'm really sad for yes. them that yes. they feel like yes. that they. That's the only way they can feel safe yeah. as if as somebody in the room looks like them. Right. Yeah. Because right. that won't always be the yeah, case. Yeah, it won't. It won't always be the case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So uh, we talked about so much. I know. I, I'm so <laughs> in love with this episode. Um. I feel like we need a part two. I know. I, know. I mean, y'all just let me know. I'm I'm we'll come back. We'll I'm come here. back. Um, so talking about, you know, we talked about C-sections and, mm -hmm. you know, just being the provider and things like that. I feel like there are so many myths mm -hmm. um, for, as behind C just C-sections in general. But, um, and I kind of want to debunk some of them because mm -hmm. it's just, when I hear it, it kind of like makes my teeth grind <laughs> just a little bit um, because I've heard it before mm -hmm. and it's, um, well, they they do more C sections because that makes them more money, mm -mm. and it's like, baby, I'm here for the next twelve hours, right. whether, whether somebody have a baby or not, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's such a a myth that needs to be debunked. Yeah. It's like, you know, is yeah. that providers yeah. or even I've heard it say they get uh, they who, who is they who is they, who is they? <laughs> I'm by the hour, baby. I'm not getting paid no more. You know, however you Look, have your baby. insurance is not right. Exactly, yes. and that's yes. another thing. I mean, to my knowledge, and of course, you know, North Carolina and Georgia and all that may be different, mm -hmm. but for most. For most insurance companies, I want to say there is a global fee that is yes. paid for your pregnancy. Yes. So that includes all of your prenatal visits, all of your ultrasound, your delivery, and your postpartum visits. And that is a flat 
fee. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not the hospital's going to get a little bit of extra because they had to do a spinal versus whatever, yeah. I mean, maybe, but that's not going in, in, my, in my pocket. pocket. Yes. It's, it's not. not, you know, yes. it's not yes. I mean, that makes sense, right? Because we have there are supplies that we have to use. Mm-hmm. They're different in a surgery, um, C-section versus right, a vaginal right. delivery. Yes. But yeah, I'm, I'm not getting any sort of kickback for that. Right, right. Um, and the other thing that I've heard um, is that C-sections are easier for so who? The, 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 you know how much charting that is for me? That's, that's, it's not yeah. easier. It's, uh, not. it's, it's just not. easier because then they can just do it and they just go home. No. no. No, they can't. And no. It takes more time. It's more time. Literally. In, you're time. in the hospital longer. We were talking about postpartum stay. Yes. You're in the hospital longer. And then also, like, people say that and they're like, oh, I'll just have another C-section. When it's number three, number four, mm. number five, number twelve, were you there? We were talking about the G eighteen P sixteen girl that came in, and this it was like her seventh. Vaguely familiar, vaguely. I was familiar. gonna say she was pregnant like every, every year. She was. Like, we saw her yeah, before probably, she even became yeah, a chief. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it, that you know when you've had multiple C sections, that then becomes a danger for the patient. Yes. Because right, again, yes. we were talking about how the uterus heals, how that scar heals. Mm. There have been some patients, y'all, where I have done. C section, I look in and I can see the baby through the uterus. Ooh, yes, that there is a window. Yeah, where where literally the scar in the uterus, the uterine wall has been stretched so thinly mm. that I can look in and see the baby moving around in the sac. And that's dangerous, right? Because you could have a spontaneous uterine mm-hmm. rupture that way. Yes. And so it's not just, oh well, I'll just have another one. I'll just have another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. if that's like, what has to happen, then of course, like I'm I'm still gonna do everything I can to yes, keep you safe, safe. But it does make for a more more difficult surgery. Yes, yes. For sure. Um so I just, I any message you can think. I just, I knew those two were just like mm-hmm. on the dome yeah. for me, like because I've heard them. You know, mm-hmm. they just want to do these things. They go home. I'm thinking, baby, that's actually a lot. It's more a lot work. more work for everybody. For everybody, it's a lot more work for the patient, for mm-hmm. the nurses, for the provider. Yeah. Sometimes the babies. Let's yes, not leave out the babies right? because yes. when you're not getting that, the baby's not getting that good squeeze mm-hmm. when they come out through a vaginal like delivery. They have to work harder yes. to clear their lungs and postpartum. You know, and they have to even like. You know, tell mamas like, hey, baby might spit up a little more, you mm-hmm. know, because they didn't right. get back this right. So right. the next day or two, you might hear, you know, a little, a little more coffee, a little gaggy. Yeah. You know, I have to do a few more, you know, <laughs> backpacks, <laughs> you know, to get, get all that up. Right. Um. So, yes, I think those two missed for sure. I just really wanted to debunk. That's like, y'all, that's not, I yeah, said, yeah, that would yeah. work. But true. again, you know, that just p- goes back into the general distrust that a yes. lot of people have towards the, the medical system. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think by obviously the podcast that you yes. guys have, you know. <laughs> Where Girl, there are people who you. are breaking things down in, in layman's mm-hmm. terms and people who look like them, maybe yes. there will be, you know, we can just build that trust back up. Yes. That's I, truly our hope here. Yes. That's, like, that, that is. That's our foundation. Yeah, um, not awesome. just about C-sections, but so many so other things that yeah. we haven't touched on already, like induction versus mm-hmm. spontaneous labor and, you know, just all those things that... Um, We've kind of already talked about where, mm-hmm. and we've had feedback come back. Patients were like, "I, didn't I, even I had know no that idea they did that. because yeah, they did that." You know, try as me as we might. We really only have ten or fifteen minutes in that room. I really do wish yeah. sometimes that I could just sit there yes. and yes. and explain everything and answer all the questions. Mm-hmm. But you know, unfortunately, the American medical system is just not yes. set up that way, where right. I can just spend unlimited time. But that's where people like doulas come in, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. somebody who can be an advocate for you, who can be a liaison or a bridge between you and your medical team. So you know, get your questions answered. Yeah, that's what I t- get. Get your questions answered. Yeah. Be you know have a level of comfort with your providers, with the plan as much as you can plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely agree with that. Yes. Shay, you have very, anything else? I was going to say very quickly, yes. just before we wrap up, what is one thing that you would like for patients to know from a OBGYN standpoint? Oh my gosh. Very quickly before we run out of time. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. Not to cut you off. No, that's okay. That's okay. I would say the primary thing is that I wish my patients knew how much I think about them when mm-hmm. I'm not at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Ooh, some... I got a girl right now. I've been thinking about her every <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah. Every you day. You know, yeah. it, it, is, it is impossible to not take your work mm-hmm. home for, with you when yeah. you're in this line of Even work. Even as a nurse. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. I mean, I am thinking about 
like, did I do, did I do the right thing for this mm-hmm. patient? Am I doing the right things? And, you know, clinically and, and medically, you know, I, I feel yes. like I'm a very competent doctor and right. yes, I did. But even, like I said, I still go home. How many sleepless nights have we had? Yeah. You know I what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, staying just, up and after yeah. you got off a 12 hour shift, yeah. like, gosh, I hope, or thinking I about a patient that's going to go home. Okay. Yeah. 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 When she goes okay. home, she's going to be okay. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Okay. And so I yes. guess I, I wish that patients knew that like at the heart of it, we really just want to take good care of patients and anybody who is in this field for any length of time, you you build a, like we talked about, you Mm -hmm. build a relationship with these patients. And so, yeah, I, I wish they knew how much we do care. You know, I think there is a a general misconception that, you know, we're in it for the money, we're in it for the likes or whatever, Mm -hmm. but no, really and truly, like we just want to take good care of people. So that's the first thing that came to my mind. I love that. I love that. That's so true. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. We had such a good time. I do feel like we're going to have to have you back because I'm sure we're going to get some questions. On this one, and yeah. people gonna be like, "No, bring her back," because I need to talk about. You Absolutely, know, what we need to talk I would about. love to. I would love to come back anytime. Yes. So give the people mm-hmm. very quickly your like social media handles. Oh, girl, I'm not a social can... media doctor. Okay, never mind. Oh, okay, um, no, but mind. we can appreciate that because there's a lot out there. Well, there, I, I yeah. mean, I just I feel like you know I'm in my community doing the work. That's that's my call. Oh, yes. So you know I'm I'm, I'm not really. I'm yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean I don't. I mean I probably should get like a professional Instagram handle and yeah. stuff, but I prefer to focus my efforts really on just seeing patients so unfortunately yeah I don't have an Instagram sorry guys I love that that is perfectly fine (laughs) well listen guys you know where to find us for the podcast Mm -hmm. um you can follow us on Twitter Instagram Facebook y'all got a TikTok we do have have a TikTok TikTok. (laughs) we went live last night on TikTok it's very fun um find us all there on TikTok at the laborhood pod um, you can find me and Shay on our personal Instagram. Mine is at Sadidi Essence, uh, Sadidi underscore Essence. Shay has her own. Um, um, mine is at the Shayster, S-H, at underscore the Shayster. I apologize. Um, and that's S-H-A-Y-S-T-E-R. And you can find us on YouTube as well as our um, website, www.thelaborhoodpod.com. Yes. Thank you guys for joining us. And as always, it's your favorite certified nurse midwife and your favorite certified registered nurse and now your favorite OBGYN Uh, um, thank you guys for joining us we'll see you next time Bye. Bye. bye